All right, welcome you back here on 760 WJR. Yeah. Five o'clock hour. A lot going on. Let's get right to it. A lot happening, uh, in particular in Congress. Not only the uh, Jim Jordan failed attempt again at uh, getting a speakership. He's going backwards, back to under 200 votes. Pretty soon he'll get 50 and he'll say, we need another vote. <laughs> uh, but also these comments by several Democratic congresswomen, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, who rushed to Twitter to repeat Hamas's claim that Israel had bombed a Gaza hospital, killing 500 civilians. Tlaib actually accused President Biden of this being his war. He said, your war and what you've done, and we won't forget it. Of course, if she had just waited five minutes or a couple of hours, like the Israeli forces were, to check on it, she might have found out that that missile rocket was actually apparently launched by Islamic Jihad inside Gaza. Islamic Jihad, another terrorist group, recognizes a terrorist organization operating in Gaza, in cahoots with Hamas, sending a missile that they intended to land on Israel and kill innocent people, but instead, apparently, something went wrong, and it landed in front of the hospital, blew up the hospital, killed all those people. But accusing President Biden of fighting a, a, a war, and this is his war, and this is on you, makes you wonder about what a congressperson's obligation is when the American president is overseas at the war site. Here to talk about that and other, other matters having to do with Congress is Tim Wahlberg, Republican from the 5th District here in our own backyard in Michigan. Tim, thank you for coming on with us. Thanks for having me. And uh, we probably need, uh, if we could have, had Maury talk to about uh, 220 of my colleagues uh, <laughs> or more uh, to try to get some perspective about what life is all about and uh, what, what makes a difference. So You'd have needed more than that's Tuesday for that. Yeah, you need more than a more Tuesday. Days. Wednesday yeah. and Thursday. Yeah, yeah. So um, what, what do you make of, I don't know if you saw, I imagine you did, uh, that Rashida Tlaib is, is, is not only doing what she always does when it comes to Palestinian events, but she now criticizes the president of the United States in a tweet. Your war and destruction only approach has opened my eyes and many Palestinian Americans and Muslim Americans like me. We will remember where you stood unless I'm missing my understanding here. Is she not a U.S. congressperson? She sounds like somebody threatening from the outside, threatening the American president and the American president's decisions. Yeah, it's a bad look. And Rashida, Rashida is a friend of mine, and uh, I think she would say the same about me. But uh, I disagree vehemently on this. I just had to sneak around from a meeting back to the phone booth I'm sitting in right now to talk to you because of Palestinian um, rally that's going on, a very, very extensive rally. And she was just out there speaking to them and, and telling them that it was Israel that dropped that missile. Uh, and, you know, after she has all information that's been put out, she's out there telling them that it was Israel that put the, put the, uh, the missile on that hospital. Okay, just, so just and we live in a time where misinformation and disinformation is, is assailed and, and, and accused by, by 
especially by Democrats. Of uh, you know, anyone who does that should basically be put out of business, canceled, get their accounts taken down, all the rest of it. And you just told us that the congressperson who represents me in my district is out there telling a rally, a pro-Palestinian rally, and 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 pr- quite likely an anti-Israel and therefore anti-Jewish rally, a lie, a continued yeah, lie. Where is where is their accountability to this? Yeah, it was a support of Hamas uh, rally that was actually going on. Yeah. Uh, Anti-Israel, of course. Um, no, it's just wrong. And, and uh, the only, only way that that can be handled, because we do have a First Amendment here, and you can lie under the First Amendment as well, the uh, only way that can be handled is by your constituents uh, to uh, take to her vote out. her out. Vote yeah. her out. I'll say it. Vote her out. And, and that. And that's, I guess it's, I probably shouldn't have said take her out. That sounds too. No, no, no. I I wouldn't say that either. I I said uh, that's the only way it can be handled. But uh, the rest of us have to stand up in a, a, hopefully a bipartisan way and say that that's not true. Israel was the one that was put upon. Israel was the one that was hit first. Israel didn't uh, push for this type of thing. In fact, they've been giving uh, Gaza and uh, the West Bank all sorts of latitude and support, electrical support, water, and all of the rest, free of charge. And, and all of a sudden, a terrorist group, Hamas, and then you have Hezbollah, and, uh, and a number of others that are over there that are all aiming at Israel. And, and we here in the United States, who have them as our number one ally in the Middle East, at the very least, if not our number one ally in the world, and we share all sorts of cyber issues with them, intelligence issues with them. And of course, we have to find out what what did we miss, both the United States and Israel, that allowed that attack to take place, which is horrific. Uh, but nonetheless, these are our allies, and we ought to be with them. And certainly, uh, you know, I can I can identify the fact that Rashida is Palestinian. She has family still living over. Uh, but nonetheless, she's an American congresswoman, and you ought to at least be willing to speak the truth when it comes out. And the And the pictures are there. The videos are there. The evidence is there that this was not Israel. Uh, this was the terrorist action themselves. And either an attempt to make Israel a- appear like they were the ones that did it, or just a bad missile. Uh, either way, it was not Israel's fault, and they shouldn't be chastised for it. Yeah. And yet there are rallies here in yeah. America that she was addressing, and all over the world, our embassy in Lebanon and, and, and elsewhere being stormed by people right. who are believing this lie. And, of course, it's being stoked by people like Rashida Tlaib when she tweets something that goes around the world. And which, which, what's even tougher to take is that those demonstrators out there that took over one of our office buildings earlier today, um, sounds like they may be coming down the hallway here now, so I'll put my head down a little lower. Yeah. But nonetheless, nonetheless, they are in a free country where they can rally like that. First Amendment liberties are given to them because they're in America. They would not get that in the Palestinian Authority. They well, it's, it, it astounds me. I mean, some of the groups that are supporting Hamas, like uh, gay groups, and I'm like, you know, it's incredible to me. So, are you kidding me? You're, you're, yeah. you're supporting, you're anti-Israel, you're supporting Hamas. They would kill you for your lifestyle. If you were over there and you're supporting them over Israel and, and all these people who are marching, all these Americans and students who are marching in, in, in solidarity with Hamas. If if Hamas was to succeed, if Israel was wiped out and, and there was a Palestinian state that Hamas was. How long do you think 
before they would turn on the United States and say, now we, we, we want to take out our next mortal enemy, the next great well, remember, the great yeah, remember, Satan. Iran, Iran calls Israel little Satan. They right. call the United States the big Satan. Right. They want both of us off the face of the earth. Yeah. And we need to realize that. And so while free speech and everything is, is legal here and, and encouraged, yet let's understand the ramifications of what you're talking about. Um, we're, we're talking about two different worldviews. And the one worldview speaks for freedom, liberty, opportunity, and choice. The other worldview says, you will do what we say, no questions asked. And and to see what's going on right now ought to, ought to make that clear. And on our, on our university and college campuses that it sadly are, are producing some of this foment by propaganda that runs right through the classrooms uh, and untruths, we, we have to get a handle on that. Talking to uh, Congressman Tim Wahlberg here, let me shift gears and talk uh, closer to home. This is long since past embarrassing already, what's going on with the speakership. Uh, and Jim Jordan now pushed for a second vote. He got less votes the second time than he did the first. Now apparently he's pushing for a third vote. It, this, this, this in its own way is another kind of quagmire that doesn't seem to have much of a solution uh, I know the speakership is a much desired post. Uh, on the other hand, it seems like, you know, it's a it's a job that that everybody might want, but nobody can get. I, I don't know how you find your way out of this, but it's a bad look for the Republicans as it continues to go on and on. Well, what's going to happen? Well, I don't, uh, Mitch, I don't debate that with you at all. Um, and I happen to be in the majority um, in my party. But the minority is ruling our majority right now uh, because of what took place in January and giving the opportunity of only one person being able to call for a vacating of the chair, which Matt Gates did. It's a, I will say this and I will say it to his face. It's a game that he's playing. It's a dangerous game because it's impacting not only our Congress, but it's impacting the world. Uh, we should not be in, this, in the lockdown situation that we are now with an inability to even stand up in a public way with a resolution uh, for Israel. Uh, and and it, because for 15 days we've been tied up with no speaker, we can't do anything on the floor when we had thir uh, only 30% left of our appropriations package to be passed, all of a sudden we're stopped and we can't complete that even. So it, it's a cry and shame. Um, I've, I've stuck with uh, the majority because I believe that that's the purpose of moving forward in a majority and not let, letting the minority in our own party control it. Let me say it this way as well. As I said in conference the other night to my colleagues, as we were debating at that time, the, the way forward, I said, listen, it's not this table behind me. That was where our leaders were sitting and minus a speaker because we don't have one. I said, I've been through Boehner. I've been through uh, Paul Ryan. I've been through Mac uh, McCarthy with uh, Pelosi on the side, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and I've seen something that unless we are leadable, unless we are willing to do what we need to do as a team, no speaker, no speaker can accomplish anything. And it's not their fault. It's our fault. And that's where we're at right now, Mitch. And, you know, I'm, I'm appealing for rationality that says we need to get back to the business of the people. Uh, and whoever is the speaker, whether it's Jim Jordan or whether it was uh, Scalise or whether we put McCarthy back in, which I think would be a great idea, 
Um, nonetheless, that speaker can't do anything without us banding together to do what we believe is right for this country and honoring the commitments we made our constituencies. And right now we can't do any of that. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that indigestion, <laughs> political <laughs> indigestion starts to develop uh, in our own hearts and, 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 and guts that says finally enough is enough. Let's yeah. hunker down and do the right thing. Do you feel that, um, I mean, Republicans have the majority, and they can do with it what the majorities do, but it's a slim one, only a handful of votes, and that's what sort of allowed this to happen. Are Democrats at all culpable in this? I mean, they keep voting 212 for Hakeem Jeffries, every single one, and that's not going to get us anywhere either because you know they can't get to 217. Um, you know, some people say, well, it's not the Democrats' job to bail out the Republicans, but at the, at the same time, you could say, well, isn't it Congress's job to just function as a Congress? If you recognize that you're in the minority, but a handful of votes could enable you to have a speaker, uh, and maybe you can make a deal with that speaker for those handful of votes to be more reasonable. Instead, we have lockstep, lockstep following. And, uh, you know, again, I, I don't know if I'm not in Congress, so I don't know if this is just the way it always works. But it seems to me that, that you know, at some point— you got to look at the other side and say, hey, you know, like when a basketball goes rolling out into the street, a little help? You know, <laughs> so, yeah. it, you know you're right. You're right. And I think that's why Washington, um, our first president, said that we should never have had political parties. And I agree with him because then we'd have to stand on our own and be elected or, or thrown out on our own. Right. And we'd also have a latitude to work together. Now, there's a great uh, abyss between philosophies of Republicans today and Democrats today compared to what it was when I went to the state legislature back in 1982, 83. Uh, it's changed, but the issues are still the same in moving the country forward. And I talked to several Democrats today who confidentially said to me, listen, do you think there's any way that you could get Kevin McCarthy back up for a vote? Because you might be able to get some of those eight that joined with all of us to put McCarthy out. And uh, now we see the problem. There might be several Democrats that would come on to, to finish off the, the, the necessary 217 or whatever it'll take uh, to get McCarthy back in. And so I think there there, there is some um, understanding on the other side, even though they all voted to take McCarthy out when they had that opportunity. Yet it's gone on long enough that we're all feeling the indigestion of, of what this has produced, except maybe some of those original eight Republicans that banded together to start this whole fiasco. So it, it, it might take place, but um, it's hard. It, it would be hard for a Democrat to go against Hakeem Jeffries and ban with the Republicans without some coalition. I was given four ideas uh, of, of giveaways to the Democrats that uh, if we would give them that, they, they could see some of them coming across. Two of them I don't think would be a real problem. The other two would be very difficult to, to agree to, uh, but we still got to get it done. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, a, an adult attitude will take place here soon and we'll get away from the kindergarten aspect is that you hurt me uh, the other day when you took away my truck. Now I'm going to keep the truck now and I'm going to play with it as long as I can handle it. That That's not going to work. That is, that is the perfect metaphor for what's going on here. Tim Wahlberg, thanks for talking a little sense. Appreciate you taking time to talk to us. Keep your head down there. I don't want you to get in any trouble. <laughs> yeah. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk to you again soon. It's still the greatest country on earth.
Let's it keep is. working at it. Yes. All right. It's 760 WJR.